Good morning, fantasy. We are back. Uh, myself and my beautiful, handsome best friend in fantasy world, Akash. How you doing? You alpha Chad. Good. Man. How are you? I'm good, dude. Your camera's frozen. You're just like staring into my soul. I know. It is. It's frozen, <laughs> frozen. Because on me, it's just reloading. Oh, now your camera's gone, but it's fine. Your mic's still here. Anyway. Uh, today we have a great show for you guys. We're going to be talking about my fantasy football busts at every single position, players that you should not be drafting this year. They are tagged as a void in my Fantasy Pros expert rankings, so quick plug for those. If you want to go check those out, make sure to go over to fantasypros.com, check out my redraft rankings and expert rankings. Uh, but yeah, we're very happy to be back here with the show. New episodes will be coming out every Tuesday and Thursday, and we'll have live recordings on Twitter and YouTube every Monday and Wednesday night slash afternoon. So if you want to catch the live ones, make sure you drop a follow over on Twitter or YouTube. Uh, and then, you know, obviously the podcast will be streaming on Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. You know, wherever you get your podcast, Tuesday and Thursday morning starting at 6 a.m. So very happy to be back. Akash, any opening words for the people? No, it's good to be back, though. I enjoy it's good talking to... about this stuff. What do you say? Your mic's kind of quiet. Oh, I, enjoy, I just enjoy talking to you about fantasy. It's fun. It's a good time, obviously. I think, yeah, I, I think we have a good back and forth. So, uh, yeah. All right, let's just get into it. So, my quarterback busts. I'm sure we'll go down a lot of rabbit holes here. So, first up is a guy that I don't really think I need to explain much to you uh, for why he, I think he's a bust this year and not to be drafted. It's going to be Deshaun Watson, uh, 24th allegation coming out today. So, that's probably a new record. Uh, but, anyways, I, I think that he is pretty much undraftable for me this year. Yo, most handsome hosts, comment in the chat. Yeah, definitely, definitely. True boy. Couple of studs. Thank you, sir. Thanks for being here, bro. Anyway, uh, Deshaun Watson, I think he's undraftable this year. He's my QB 16 right now. Does, and that's just saying if he doesn't really get suspended, if he get if he does not get suspended, um, he'll probably be a top 10 quarterback, I guess. But I don't really love ranking him that high, even if he doesn't get suspended because we haven't seen him play in over a year. Um I'm, I'm expecting him to be suspended for at least half the season. So that's why I have it ranked so low. Um, but that being said, I'm not drafting him regardless. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. Yeah, he's you could avoid him. There is a lot of risk there that he doesn't play the whole season. I get uh, – where is ADP? Like, QB 13 right now? Like, that feels – that doesn't feel that bad, honestly. And there's – some risk, but in like redraft one QB leagues, QB 13 is probably going to be in the like double digit rounds, early double digits, granted. But uh, just looking amongst total rankings, honestly, the uh, chance for a top five quarterback is still high. Like if he plays, he's top five. And so you can get Watson and then you can just stream players uh, if needed when it, for the games he misses. If he misses the whole season, I don't think the opportunity cost was that high um, in double-digit rounds. Yeah, I, I don't really, I don't hate it in the double-digit rounds, but for but for me, I mean, it's obviously too early to tell really with Watson because we don't know the suspension, and that really ultimately decides all of if you're drafting him or not this season. For me, I'm I'm out right now because I'm expecting a very lengthy suspension coming for Deshaun Watson. Um, and I think he is going to be good when he comes back, but obviously he did sit out an entire year, so it, he could be a little rusty anyway. Uh, but yeah, not a big fan of Deshaun Watson. I don't think we need to spend too much time on this one, but the next one, uh, getting a little bit of Vietnam flashbacks here, uh, Mac Jones, uh, for those who don't know, I was, I was brutally mauled by Patriots Twitter like a week ago, still recovering from those wounds. No, not really. I'm just joking. But Mac Jones, don't love him. He was QB 27 last year in fantasy points per game. The weapons haven't really improved much in New England either. Um, I think for fantasy, he just doesn't provide any rushing upside. Not that much passing volume is there as well in New England. Their defense run first team. And for right now, I just don't think Mac Jones is that fantasy viable at all. I think he should be sitting on waivers. Yeah, I agree. What's his ADP right now, though? It's probably still low. It's probably extremely low. I'm just saying in general, I, I don't want anything to do with him. There's other guys around. Like right now, I have him as my QB 24 yeah. redraft rankings. But like around that cost, I would much rather have two guys ahead of him who are tagged as sleepers. Zach Wilson at 22 and Jameis Winston at 23. Behind yeah. him, I have Carson Wentz, Marcus Mariota, Daniel Jones. Like there might even be some guys like if I was staring down on draft day, like I might consider taking Carson Wentz or even Mariota. I'll take Mariota and Daniel Jones over him. Just because of upside. 
Daniel Jones feels gross to me, but Mariota, I, I like a good bit, honestly. Daniel Jones I, is really sneaky Konami. People forget because he's like white. Some people don't consider him a rusher, but he really is uh, a good rusher. No, he's fast as hell. I mean, we all know that infamous video of him running like a bat out of hell where he trips and falls when he had that wide open touchdown. I mean, he, that, right. the boy can move. He really can. He, yeah, yeah, that would have been like an touchdown if he didn't fall. So. Yeah, for real. Like, so. He really is a pretty good value this season in redraft. I just don't know. Like, Obviously, you're not going to draft him, right? Like, These guys are going to be on waivers. But like, as far as like weekly streaming candidates go, I definitely prefer guys like Mariota, Daniel Jones, actually a decent one. Uh, you know, I just don't like Mac Jones at all. So there's no one really up too high in fantasy ADP this year that I think could be a little busty, like Allen, Herbert, Mahomes, Lamar, Brady, Kyler, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Trey Lance, Stafford, Dak, Russ, Carr, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins. Like to that tier, I mean, that's 15 guys. Like I don't think any of those guys are like bust candidates to me. Like I, I guess like at ADP, I guess you could say Mahomes possibly could be this year due to a, a change up in weapons. But I, I have faith in one of the most talented quarterbacks of all time. Right. Um, so, you know, I just don't think they're going to bust out and like kill you. Yeah. It never seems that way when you're um, looking forward, but looking back, there'll be a couple guys because no one jumps out of me either. Yeah. It, obviously it's tough to pick out guys this far in advance, but I mean, down right now, I, I don't really think there's anybody who's going to kill you at ADP right now. Uh, moving over to running backs, I think this is where things get a little bit more interesting. Because, uh, you know, I think quarterbacks are pretty cut and dry, really. You know, you want guys who run the ball. You want high-passing volume offenses. You want teams that are going to score touchdowns, obviously. Um, but for running back, it can be a little bit more, you know, interesting. There's running back by committees. There's, you know, uh, touchdown variability from, from previous seasons. There's all kinds of good stuff like that. So, Heading into my running back busts here, uh, we have up first Alvin Kamara at RB14. And the only reason I have him tagged as a bust is because I think there's going to be a suspension coming for Kamara. I don't think it's going to be that long. I'm expecting maybe two to four games. Um, but at his ADP, if he's still going at the top, like back of the first round, beginning of the second round, I would rather not have a guy who can miss a few games this season over guys who could. That being said, though, I still really like him when he is playing this year. Um, but at cost right now, uh, going at the back of the first round, most likely, I think that I am out of Camaro with the suspension looming, but obviously that could get cleared up here over the next couple months. That's interesting. Cause on, um, on underdog drafts, he's going at the very, like the very end of the second round. And for a guy who's a perennial top five producer, in his position that feels pretty priced in. I don't think he's, uh, like, obviously I think there's risks, but, um, Similar to Watson, I think that's well, like that's even fine. even better than Watson for. That's Watson. actually, you know, Alakash, that's actually better than I thought it was going to be. Um, and I also think, but it's kind of hard right now because we don't know what the suspension is. Once I know what the suspension is and it gets baked into his cost, I might be a huge fan of Camara. But right now, I'm not loving a guy who has a suspension looming. It's just that simple for me, really. But when he comes really back, we all. Like, what is it? Possibility he doesn't get suspended. There is. You get a guy in the late, uh, late second round who, whose ADP probably jumps up to top five. Like I could see him going as high as three or four. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I, listen, I like Kamara a lot. It's just the risk of the suspension right now. So I mean, once that all gets sorted out, I'm sure he'll take a big leap in my rankings. Um, but yeah, let's we'll skip over that one. That one's just kind of suspension, kind of like Watson earlier. But this right. one is one that I actually hate. A guy that I've been off of for a very long time. Um, if you've been following me on Twitter, uh, it's Elijah Mitchell, running back from the San Francisco 49ers. I think he's a really talented player. I think he's in a great scheme. I think he produced when he was given opportunity last year. All three great things. But uh, Gino, yes, in the chat, this is live. Absolutely, thank you for being here, man. Appreciate it. If you have any questions, feel free to throw them in the chat. Uh, but yeah, Elijah Mitchell. The reason I don't like him is pretty obvious. Uh, you know. San Francisco 49ers, it's like scratching an inch for them. Like, they just need extra running backs in their backfield. Like, they need to have, like, four or five guys that could go out there and produce for you any any given week. Like, in years past, we've seen different lead backs for damn near every season in San Francisco. We saw, you know, Tevin Coleman, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson shown flashes. Uh, you know, what's his face? Oh, Carlos Hyde in San Francisco. 
I mean, there's been a lot of contributors over the last few years in San Francisco who've had fantasy relevance. Uh, Jeff Wilson is another guy who I think is not just going to die this year. They drafted Trey Sermon in the third round last year. He was terrible this year, but he's still there. And then guess what? They drafted another third round running back this year to try to be, I think, to replace Trey Sermon's production as another big bruising guy. Um, we'll see if he works out. A lot of people don't love the prospect that they took in the third round. But for me, I just think Eli Mitchell is replaceable at the investment the team has made into him. Uh, and I think they've made that clear by investing more premium capital into the position. And it's just the scheme, right? Like we all know it's kind of frustrating for fantasy players to think that this good player is not given all this opportunity. But from real life NFL perspective, Kyle Shanahan's scheme is an RBBC. We've seen Mike McDaniels. Uh, is it McDaniels or McDaniel, by the way? Uh, I'm not sure. I think it's McDaniel. I think it's McDaniel. The Dolphins' new head coach, who was the San Francisco 49ers offensive coordinator, Mike. I'm going to go with McDaniel. Mike McDaniel. He's operating under an RBBC in Miami now, too, with Raheem Mostert, with Chase Edmonds, with uh, who else did they bring in there? Um, Miles Gaskins. What did you say? Michelle. Yes, yeah, Sony Michelle. Thank you. And Miles Gaskin. Like, that, those are four solid NFL running backs, you know? And I think that he's implementing that same system as there is in San Francisco. And it's just the way they do things. So right now I'm just out on Elijah Mitchell because he's one of those middle round running backs that have upside to people. But for me, I'm going to be snagging the David Montgomery's, the Ezekiel Elliott's, the Antonio Gibson's. I'd rather have Kenneth Walker, the rookie from Seattle over him, Cam Akers, uh, all those guys really. Uh, I have him sitting at RB25 right now, one spot above Damian Harris from New England. Um, I think he still possesses upside, and I still think he can have good weeks, um, but I don't love him right now at cost. We are getting confirmation in chat that is McDaniel, different than Josh McDaniels. Thanks so much, Gina. <laughs> um, yeah. What do you think about Mitchell? There is that you have Damian Harris almost as a top 24 running back, honestly. Uh, but I'm low on Harris. Huh? Are you saying I'm low on Harris? No, way too high. Oh, too high. Okay. Yeah. For a guy who doesn't catch passes and has no guaranteed volume, there's little upside and quite a low floor. I don't know. I'd probably put him in like the mid-30s. Mid okay, well, for more upside. Here's, some, here are some guys I have below Damian Harris, and tell me who you prefer, okay? Kareem yeah. Hunt or Damian Harris? Yeah, Hunt. Hunt? Okay. I don't blame you with that. I, li I like Hunt a lot. I might move him up, honestly. AJ Dillon or Damian Harris? Dillon. Okay. I don't love Dillon. I'd, I'd also have him as a bust because people are investing kind of premium capital. It's not like top four rounds, but pretty high capital on a guy who's a backup. And But he's like one of the most expensive backups for a reason because if Aaron Jones was to get hurt, you'd probably see a lot more points for AJ Dillon. But I honestly don't think their scoring is going to be that different. You know, uh, I agree with you on AJ Dillon for sure. I think that his ceiling yeah, is really capped with Aaron Jones in front of him. Yeah, but Dillon has far more upside than Harris because of if something were to happen to Aaron Jones, then you're probably looking at a high RB2, low RB1 for Dillon. No, I think, he'd be, a, I think he'd be an RB1, like locked. Um, yeah. I don't hate Dillon. I don't love him either. Uh, 29, Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Alaire or Damian Harris? Edwards Alaire. Why? Upside. It's like they're probably going to be RB twos or threes, but one catches passes and one doesn't. Like the the band, uh, the the ceiling for Damian Harris is so unbelievably low that like any like so many people after him are I'll just be like, yeah, they have more upside. They have more upside. They have more upside because the, yeah, the that's fair. you're not getting the new by drafting Damian Harris at RB thirty and him finishing at RB twenty five. Like it doesn't. Like, you're not getting any upside there. So, look That's elsewhere. fair. And, and then New England also drafted another running back, and James White is coming back, too. They drafted two running backs. Two? Kevin Harris is strong. Oh, wow. I just remember strong. I didn't even know the other guy. Uh, yeah, anyway, I yeah, I guess Damon Harris is more gross than I imagined. Um, who else do I have below here? We got uh, Miles Sanders. I, I think I'd rather have Sanders. Uh, Cordero Patterson. Devin Singletary. Singletary, I don't know. Then, then we're getting to the range. We're like, fine, I'll consider, consider Damian Harris. But yeah, I'll take Patterson above him. Fair. Yeah, I mean, okay, honestly, yeah. I think I think I might need to bump down Singletary after going through these guys one by one. Makes sense. Uh, yeah. And then my last, what you said about him versus the other guys in his area. Honestly, I don't hate him for the reasons you said, but he is just kind of epitomizing the RB dead zone, where you're like, all right, this guy 
probably going to get volume. You know, we're not sure, but, you know, he's not really um, going to be an uber productive running back. It's probably like 14, 15 points per game, maybe. And like, it could be 12 or 13. Honestly, that's like a whole range to avoid. Like those Kenneth Walkers, those um, Elijah Mitchells, the uh, kind of Antonio Gibson now, the Ezekiel Elliott's. That's just a range you want to avoid. And I like Zeke. That's where you want to hammer wide receivers for most of the time. See, I feel the opposite this year. Like, I, I feel like the the mid – well, not like Elijah Mitchell, but like the tier above that. Like, let me pull it up. Like, the Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, Antonio Gibson. Monty's Zeke. the other one. Monty is uh, epitomizes the RB den zone even more than – I like Monty. Because you say, okay, this guy's gotten volume. Um, he's probably he, – he's going to produce – I'm gonna draft him in the fourth round, and you draft him in the fourth round, and he doesn't hurt you, but he doesn't hurt, help you. He doesn't hurt you unless he gets hurt. So, but he doesn't help you because it's like, okay, got my 15 points per game. Okay, whatever. It's just like drafting him to fill a spot, uh, unless he falls. See, much gosh, I really like it this year because I feel like I like safe running backs in the earlier rounds. So, like, I think this year I wouldn't mind going wide receiver and tight end earlier and then smashing, yeah, you know, like the Antonio Gibsons in the middle rounds. Like, I feel like that's if great. If you're going to go zero RB, you have to, like, you got to commit more than waiting till like round five or six. You got to start it. No, yeah. I'm not going to go full zero RB. I'm just saying, like, I think that wide receiver, top end wide receivers this year feel really nice because I yeah, feel like I there's a fall off from like, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, it's pretty significant to like wide receiver five, six, seven. Is, but like the fall off from like running back, uh, let me look up. Like the fall off from like Nick Chubb to like, yeah, I don't know, a Jav- not like Javante Williams, but like a J.K. Dobbins, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley tier, like is not that drastic compared to the wide receivers. So like I- I'm fine waiting a little bit longer on running back this year than I usually do. I'll still pile up the guys in the earlier rounds like I usually do or early. Like I usually like going more of a hero RB build, um, heavy running back, and then pounding wide receivers in the middle rounds. But this year might be a little different for me because I like the depth of the running back position. I don't know. Like just from a um, historical uh, success rate, like drafting, going zero RB or hero RB, and then investing in the running backs in rounds. Four, five, six, tens not tens not to work out that well com- compared to other positions in that area. Sure, and that's fine. That's fine. I get it. But honestly, honestly, this is like that's just like best ball uh, analysis, and in best ball drafts, people are kind of catching on to the RB dead zone, pushing those RBs down where they're becoming less of like landmines compared to ADP. That's fair. Yeah. In your redraft leagues, you might see. People reach on RBs because people love to reach on RBs. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, yeah, people do reach on RBs and redraft a lot. So, and quarterbacks, too. A lot of those casual players will reach on quarterbacks big time because they think it's the most important position, but it's not at all. Uh, my my last receiver, running back – sorry, go ahead. My receiver redraft draft was a few years ago, and Tom Brady went seventh overall. Holy shit, that's crazy. The guy, right. guy didn't know what he was doing, and neither did I because it was my first year, but still funny. Yeah. But Tom Brady seventh overall is crazy. Truly. All right. Uh, my last running back bust is going to be Chase Edmonds, running back for the Miami Dolphins. I have him sitting at RB 35 right now. I know he, symbolizes, he symbolizes upside. He does. But I feel like it's like the 49ers running back by committee all over again, like that. I was talking about. Like but it's literally gross. If you're going to take a shot on any of them, and I know Edmonds is the most expensive, why wouldn't you want the one who's, prob- who's most likely going to get the passing work? And if he can get uh, – not even, not even. He doesn't have to get the majority. If he can get close to the majority of rushing work, he's probably going to be an RB two or better, or like higher. Edmund? Yeah. Oh, you like him? Yeah, relative to cost. I don't because I feel like he's going to be. Like, I understand what you're saying that. about the receiving work. It's just his I ADP think, is 35. You have him right at ADP. Yeah, I just don't like him though. Still, like I, I it's fine. Like. It's not how my rankings work. Like, I'll still rank them where I think they'll go. It's just, like, players I don't feel comfortable drafting and relying on. It's just because, like, I think that he possesses upside, like you mentioned. Like, I think Edmonds is a good player. I think he's a good pass catcher, and especially in PPR, it's extremely valuable. Um, I just think that it's going to be a 49er situation where it's going to be a week-to-week dart throw between a very 
reliable running backs. Like Mostert's a very good running back when he's healthy, big if, but he's good when he's healthy. Michelle's a good running back. We've seen that over the last couple of years with the Rams. Um, I, I think he's a good player, but I just don't think it's going to be the consistent workload that I'm looking for. So he just feels gross to me. But There's the PCR applies there. I agree with the uncertainty, but if you're going to take a shot on any on uncertain backfield, wouldn't you want the one who's going to be the receiver? And that's the most upside that you can get in that backfield. If you get the one who's a receiver, because if they take over their rushing job, then you have uh, the highest producer you can out of that team. Like if Michelle was to get was to like quote unquote win the job and have most of the rushing work, he wouldn't produce as much as Edmonds was to. Yeah, there's upside there. Like if you want to target, uh, you want to target uncertain backfields because they have the highest chance to return. Because obviously you're getting guys priced down because of the uncertainty. And if you're going to target uh, those backfields, you want to target the pass catchers because um, they have a really high upside. Uh, if they can also command more of the rushing share. Like um, Ronald Jones versus Leonard Fournette last year. That was a mistake I made, and I've learned from it. But if you're going to pick between them, you say, okay, I'm not sure who's going to get most of the rushing work. I, see, I could see either doing it. But with similar ADP, and uh, I want to take the better pass catcher, Leonard Fournette, because if he was to get more of the rushing work, then he could be – an RB1 like he has for years in the past. Not to say that Edmonds has that kind of track record or is going to be an RB1, but it's a similar idea. I want the pass catcher in this uncertain backfield because he has the most upside. That's a fair point. It really is. I just don't think he feels safe to me. Like Again, upside chasing this deep, deep in the draft, I have no problem with. I just don't think he's my favorite. Um, yeah, where are these going? Probably round 9 or 10? Uh, probably, yeah. Let me look at guys. Let me look at guys in the same range as him. Um, you know, he really represents a tier break for me, actually. Akash, um, he's okay. like the last of a decent tier. What's the um, tier? What do you say? What's the tier? So, the like tier. below him, I have Tyler All Gear from the Falcons, your rookie. Nah, at 36. I like his upside. Um, training camp's gonna be big for him. Then I have J Rob at 37. I need to take him down. Damian Pierce from Houston, Melvin Gordon, Isaiah Spiller. Daryl Henderson, Michael Carter, Ramondre Stevenson, Daryl Williams, Naeem Hines, Penny, Madison. He's the start of that tier or the end of the tier? He's the end of the tier. Like, sorry, he's the he's the, the tier above those guys. Like, yeah, he should be out of those guys. There's no one. Yeah, he's in. He's the. I mean, he represents a tier gap between before you get to like the gross. Who's ahead of him? Because who's ahead of him? I have Tony Pollard, James back. Cook, Singletary, CPAT, Miles Sanders, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, etc. Yeah, more uncertain backfields. I honestly feel like you have him right alongside ADP, honestly. Because I do. I just feel like he feels gross to me. Like, I'm probably not going to draft him. What's the, what's the, like, like, but, like, going alongside those other guys, like James Cook, Edwards Lair, Miles Sanders, maybe less so Miles Sanders, because what competition does he have outside of really, truly mediocre, bad players? At least Ronald Jones shown something before, and so has Devin Singletary, even if they're not very good. But those three guys, like Edmonds, James Cook, and Edwards Alaire, they have some competition. Their competition isn't amazing, but if they were to win the job, they would be productive because they're going to be the receiving backs on their teams, right? Yeah. And so I honestly don't, don't see that much of a difference. Like they could all be gross and they could all have times where they're not getting much rushing work at all. But if they were to, then that's the upside. That's, their, that's your upside play. That's fair. Which one to be looking for in the round eight of the draft, round nine. That's uh that's where you start to really hammer running backs if you're going to zero RB. Because um those kind of upside plays will win you the league if you got some really stud running back, not not seven, some really stud wide receivers and tight ends in the first seven rounds of the draft. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move over to wide receivers here. Uh I have a few. Uh first one up is gonna be Jalen Waddle, wide receiver 17. Uh, I like Waddle a lot as a player. I loved him with, before uh, Tyreek Hill came to town. Excuse me, but I just don't think that Tua Tagovailoa. I don't have the confidence in him yet to support Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle being top twenty fantasy wide receivers. Um, I love Waddle. I really do. I just think at cost right now, I prefer other guys around him. Uh, like in my rankings right now, I have you know like Michael Pittman Jr.'s pop below him. I think I'd rather have him. Hollywood at nineteen. DJ Moore uh, above him at 16, DK above him at 15. Like, I don't know. I, I just don't love him around the players that he's going going around. Um, he just doesn't 
feel like he has that much upside to me. Uh, mixed with Tua and Tyreek, I just don't love the upside for Waddle this season. I feel like he's kind of capped uh, yeah, as like a high end wide receiver. I pick Tyreek, and that doesn't leave a ton of room for Waddle to have high upside outside of an explosion from Tua, which isn't really uh, what most Not people are thinking. But I, I still think he's a, I don't know, his value is fine. I mean, he's around the guys like DJ Moore and DK and Deontay, who we all we both agree are good players. They just have uncertainty yes. with situations. So honestly, like for what Waddle did as a rookie, like obviously you you adjust for rookie seasons because rookies don't typically produce as much as veterans. And so Waddle did as a, as a rookie to have a uh, thousand yards, a target share he did, the points per game that he had of like fifteen ish. It was a really good. It was a very good rookie season. Absolutely. Situation you- could hold him back a little bit, but ultimately that he is a really talented player. And I think he's fine value um, at the, um, in uh, what round is he going? Probably round four. Probably round four, three. Round, round, yeah, late round three, early round four. I think that's fine value for him. I know, but like, would you want to draft Jalen Waddle as your wide receiver too? Yeah, I would. Like, for me, when I'm drafting a wide receiver two, I'm looking for a guy who has wide receiver one upside. Like, yeah, I would honestly, like, I good. honestly, like, pound for pound, it'd be tough to pass on Hollywood over Waddle for me this season, honestly. You're wise. That's smart. I like, I like Hollywood a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm, talking, I'm talking to the Hollywood Brown truth. Right, here. I think Hollywood, Hollywood over, over Waddle for a draft, I think. It's tough. Like, and I have Waddle, like, I but have Waddle above him in my rankings. I just don't know if I want to draft him, you know? So like, for what Waddle did as, uh, I think he was 15. I'd have to check, but, um, the idea remains the same. If he was 15th or like 17th, it doesn't matter. Like 15th in points per game as a rookie and like 12th in total points. Sure, you could say that the, uh, like, if this is him, Waddle, like, Tyreek Trade brings him out a little bit, but Tyreek Trade also helps the offense get better, helps Tua get better, and also uh, Waddle taking a sophomore leap, as we tend to see a lot of good rookies do when they enter their second year. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to see him finish at, or he could even finish higher than what he did as a rookie. There's a lot of factors that are changing for him, which makes things uncertain, and I understand that. But the talent after that rookie season should be pretty close to undeniable. Yeah, no, I know. I totally agree with that. It's just for me, it's really just Tua, man. Like, if Joe Burrow was the quarterback of this team, I would like Waddle a lot, like T. Higgins and Jamar. It's just... I just don't think Tua is the guy to produce these big fantasy numbers. I just don't think he is. There's uncertainty, right? But, like, there's a chance that Tua takes a, a third he year. He could, right? and that's fine. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I like Waddle. I don't hate Tua. I think he has the chance. It's just, like, for me, again, in these earlier rounds for fantasy, it's a lot about safety to me, especially when all the players around you are already good and they already possess upside. It's, like, I'm going to pass on him for DJ Moore. I'm going to pass on him for DK. I'm going to pass on him for maybe a Hollywood who has a guaranteed workload. They're all good players that are in bad situations, right? Sure. But I feel like they're all, their situation hasn't changed much except for Hollywood, but he's, his situation drastically improved. And he's a, yeah, he's in a good, good situation now. I know, but like Michael Pittman, his situation got better. Say that he couldn't, he's a player that might not return value. But I don't know if he's. I would label him as a bust just because the talent is going to carry him, even if the situation is still bad. Sure. I just, I personally, he feels busty to me because I feel like he could be in for a year worse than his rookie year for fantasy, which would really disappoint people. But do you think he falls outside of, say, the top uh, I don't know, 24? Because that's really close to his ADP. He but could. You say, like, I think he could. If Tua doesn't, if Tua doesn't have a big year and he hyper targets Tyree Kill. I don't think Waddle's going to have a good season. No, would you say that he'll fall out of the top 36? Could you see that happening? Like, sure, anything's possible. But top like, 36? I wouldn't say so. So how much can he really bust? Because if you're drafting him at wide receiver 19, is it I think he could, I think he could be in the 25 to 30 range. Right. If you, if you draft him at 19 and he finishes 25, you're honestly – it's not a huge bust. It's not – it's not. The, it's not. The but you know what I mean. Like it's, it's still a bust. It's still a bust. It's a small bust, right? But it's not a huge bust. No, I, he's not my he's biggest bust pick either. But he's one of them. He's one of them. If I had to take a beat in his range, I would pick Jerry Judy. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate the Judy bust pick. He's well. I don't. I'm not bullish on him. I have him at 27 right now. He's like. Robinson. Eh. 
Huh? I'd either pick him or Allen Robinson. I hate Allen Robinson this year. He's really low in my rankings. I don't have him as a bust, though. I probably I should. I don't like him, but then people liked him too much, so I don't like him anymore. Oh, gosh. What's his ADP right now? I have him at 39, which feels super low. Wide receiver 24. Oh, yeah. I hate him then. Wow. I really hate him. For <laughs> With Cup almost locked in as everyone's wide receiver one and probably top three for pretty much everyone, for this offense, like it can produce a top 24 wide receiver because uh, it did so last year with Woods before he got hurt. But for Allen Robinson, because one, I don't think he's going to ha- – I don't think he has top five upside, and I don't know if he has top 12 upside with Cup. Like He definitely does not with Cooper Cup there. In my yeah, opinion. I don't think you'll see a team outside of maybe the Peyton Manning Broncos that has a top one wide receiver <laughs> and a top 12 wide receiver. Um, That's so a really hard thing to do. Barely outproduces ADP if he bounces back because he was truly bad last year. Because bad, like really bad. You want to bet on a player who's been good throughout his career to bounce back, right? Like that's Alan Robinson. But when it's so priced in like this, and the situation kind of hurts him, it's really hard to bet on at that ADP. If he's going closer to like 30, 35 amongst wide receivers, then I'd be like, yeah, I'll bet on that because I think he could be a, a top 16 wide receiver, a top 24 wide receiver. But honestly, at Wide receiver 24 and ADP right now, a lot of that bounce back's pretty priced in. People are just like, Yeah, he's in a good offense now, he's gonna bounce back. But he was really bad last year, and so, so yeah, bad last year. That that's the beginning of the end, and he's just done. Yeah, I don't under I honestly don't really understand how people just think, like, yeah, he just didn't want to be there, so he sandbags. Like, why would he do right? That? Why would he do that? He's trying to get money, it doesn't make any sense. He, he was trying to go get a big contract, and somehow he still did because he's had historical good production and i guess sean McVay really likes him but it's just like for me i'm not going to invest heavily in a guy who sucked last year and if it's in a situation where he was by far the wide receiver one or at least should have been should on have paper been. and then he just you know completely shit the bed and now all of a sudden people are like he's gonna bounce back he has a good quarterback yeah. and it's just Probably like the throws are 100 on him we yeah. have a comment here from gino uh, i'd be shocked if robinson doesn't finish top 25 at his position in ppr I don't mind selling Robinson this year, but I think we'll have a bounce back season. The thing Why? is that you're betting on him to like you. He needs to finish top twenty five to get a return on your investment. Exactly, and that that's, that's super risky. That's I, I actually mark I, him as I, a loss. He totally could, but it's not priced in at all. Sure, I agree with that. All right, let's move on to the next guy. This guy I really hate, and it kind of ties into the quarterback situation uh, we touched on earlier. It's going to be Amari Cooper. Uh, I have him marked as a bust this year for me. I think when Watson returns to the field, I think he's going to be very good for fantasy. I really do. Um, but right now, I have him marked as an avoid. It's again, suspension looming, suspension looming for Deshaun Watson. We don't really know what the quarterback situation is going to look like for Amari Cooper this year. I just don't really feel like with a bad quarterback, he's going to be that guy to produce week in, week out, top 24 numbers for fantasy. I feel like he'll be consistently mid <laughs> Like professionally mid, it will be Amari Cooper's 2022 fantasy football season. Like he'll be all right, but his upside feels non-existent to me. Right at this point, we know who Amari Cooper is, and that's not a top 12 wide receiver. And the floor is lowered a little bit with uh, Deshaun Watson possibly missing quite a bit of time. And yeah, I, I agree with you. His ADP might be a little rich at 23. It's not horrible though. I don't think that it's kind uh, of punish you too hard if he finishes at like. 30 if you have to admit 23 but. it's not punishing but it's not good like I, I don't feel like you're getting a return on investment there that price like the guys ahead of him i like ahead of him but the guys below him honestly the track record of uh lamar cooper seems solid there at 23 like low, lower than him are Allen robinson gabriel davis chris godwin juju bateman brandon cooks obviously i i take brandon cooks above him i don't know why brandon cooks is lower than him. dog dog for real. Dog. But honestly, with the guys below him, I feel like his ADP isn't horrible because there's a lot of uncertainty around those guys too. Like some of them we have we're we're uncertain if they're even good. Some of them we have uncertainty with the injuries and uh like and the um I guess Juju's <laughs> maybe a mix of both where you're like I'm not sure if he's good anymore, although I think he is. Um but honestly, Mark Cooper, the more I'm looking at it, his ADP is not horrible. It's, it's not, not the worst. I just like it's just for me. Like I'm just banking on Watson not being there, and then like with that cost, like I'm sure it'll change. But like right now, in this present moment, I don't like it. I, I feel like he has no upside, and there's people around him who have upside. 
um, and I'm yeah. not drafting him. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Next bust here going to be Chris Godwin. He's really injured. He's not going to be ready for a long time in the season. I don't think he should be drafted um, on my board at all. In general, he should be drafted. But for me, I am not touching him. He's going to miss a significant portion of the season. You think um, so? Yes, I, I do. I think he's returned by September, like just based on what physical therapists say. Not that he'll be 100% by September, but that by October, by like week four, he'll be back pretty much to normal based on what I've heard. Let me see what Thick Score has to say. That's right. the website I work for with ProFootball.com. Um, Dynasty League Football, I believe his pronounced Jeff Mueller said that um, we could see him return week one. That's like still uh, within his range of outcomes. And then by week four, he's good to go. And so honestly, if I'm getting top top eight production for 12 weeks of the season at an ADP of wide receiver 26, I'll take it. Uh, this is what the pro football doc has to say. Um, he says, bah, 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 bah. He's basically saying week one would be a long shot. And he said, uh, but that's fine. You know, it's fine if he comes back like week two or three. But this is the part that concerns me. Uh, Pro Football Doc has previously projected that Godwin is unlikely to be effective until the second half of next season. At just nine months since his surgery, week one is likely a long shot for Godwin to be ready. A Mm long-term deal would alleviate the pressure for Godwin to return and perform well immediately. Given that he's an elusive uh, wide receiver that relies heavily on his cutting ability on routes, don't expect to see the same effectiveness until late next season, if not start of the following season. So that's not what I like to see from a wide receiver that I'm investing in. Uh, it's interesting, always interesting whenever I see these, uh, a bunch of uh, medical people have differing opinions on players because it is pretty subjective. Like, I wish that we just had um, like a source where like you could like, like some sort of, place we could gather a bunch of people's opinions on uh injured players you just have a bunch of physical therapists and doctors um all give their opinions to one side and then you go type in someone's name you can read like 15 different blurbs about a player that would be cool so nice yeah because then you could be like okay uh this one person who i trust says they don't expect this thing but then 14 others say that they probably do so i might think more of it it's interesting for sure all right gino has a comment here uh real quick about alan robinson just to get a further gauge on what you think on robinson if someone offered you alan robinson david montgomery and a 2023 rookie first round pick for jonathan taylor which side would you say no to uh i would take the jonathan taylor side all day there take the jonathan taylor side and run oh my god and a run the hell and run okay anyway so that's the chris godwin thing for me don't think he's gonna be healthy don't think he's gonna be effective this year i'm just not drafting him way too risky uh, and that's going to do it for my wide receiver bus. All right, let's get Dude, over to your rankings that you have. I'm on raw lower than consensus. What gives? Are you a fraud? Yeah, I don't know why. What What is this? What is this ADP right now? It's three higher than where you have him, apparently. His uh, expert consensus ranking is three higher than you. You just way lower. Him. I don't know, man. Hang on, I'm, I'm making some adjustments right now. Live in the lab here. Hang on one second. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. He's now wide receiver 32, which is consensus. So there we go. Who'd you move below him? Bada boom, bada bing. Uh, Darnell Mooney and hmm. Chris Godwin and okay. so I forget who else. Tyler Lockett. I like it. I like it. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, All right. Tight end boss. Let's do it. Receiver. That you like are not leaving your dress without, who you think has extremely high upside in the mid rounds, who are you taking? Sorry, what was the question? If wide you, receiver? Yeah, pick a wide, like, wide receiver has immense upside in the mid rounds. Juju, for sure. He's going in the 30s. Uh, he's going to be really good for KC, I think. He's, he's a really good wide receiver. He's just been in a crappy situation in Pittsburgh the last few years with an aging quarterback. He's been getting banged up. I think he has the opportunity to get a lot of valuable targets for the Chiefs this year. So true, bestie. So, so true, bestie. What about you, Akash? Juju's a good one. Um, Michael Thomas. Uh, I like Thomas. He could be a top five receiver, honestly, if he bounces back well. Um, well, because we were talking about this the other day. Um, wide receiver. Uh, mid-rounds. 
Um, I like rookies a lot too. Yeah, definitely. But you, you are you're high on a lot of rookies. I think they represent a mystery box to you, and you like the mystery box. I like in redraft and in, in the late rounds. If you I already have solid guys, upside, right? Yeah, I like upside. Like last year, I was pounding Jamar Chase and Devonta Smith in the middle rounds, and it worked out pretty well. But you're high on every rookie. No, well, I'm higher on rookies than consensus because they have an uncanny ability to smash ADP. Um, and I feel like that's worth taking a shot on, especially with like their last pick of the draft. Like I like Alec Pierce is like my favorite example for the Colts. I, Second I would, round rookie, he, like he could be the number two wide receiver from day one. Matt Ryan's a pretty decent quarterback. Like they'll be winning games. I think that he could earn really valuable targets this year. Right, and if he's not, you just drop him because exactly, exactly. And I would yeah, much rather take a shot on a guy like that team over, team. you know, like I don't know, DJ Chark or like mid rounds, like mid rounds, the Garrett Wilsons. Here, we'll talk about that right here. So, for redraft right now, I have three rookie wide receivers in my top thirty. I have Traylon Burks at wide receiver twenty one. I think he's going to be force fed this year. I have Drake London at wide receiver twenty four because he's a dog. And then I have uh, I have Gary Wilson wide receiver twenty six. I have Elijah Moore wide receiver thirty one. Just for comparison. So I remember looking at this before, uh, rookies to finish top twenty four as uh, in wide receivers. Yeah. Um, I'll pull that up in a second, but the thing it is, is it costs, like it's, it's fine. Like one or two it's, a year. It's fine to me. Yeah, let's say I draft. Let's say I was at the turn, right? And I was yeah. looking for my wide receiver two and three. I would love drafting Drake London and Traylon Burks back to back. Like one of those guys are going to smash. Which uh, which pick? I'd say I don't know. Let's say like I was looking for my my wide receiver three. smash because there's not a two lot of wide receiver ones who are rookies. It's Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Michael Thomas, um, Anquan Bolden. But off the top of my head, there's not. Sure. A lot. I also want to say though that obviously historical data is pointing against that. But I think in the modern era of the NFL, we're seeing a lot more pro-ready NFL wide receivers. Um, obviously, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase are pretty one-of-a-kind prospects and players. Um, yeah. But I really think that, especially Traylon Burks this year, is in a situation where he's going to be given a lot of extreme opportunity, and if he takes advantage, he could easily be top fifteen. So, getting him in his Brown wasn't even top fifteen as a rookie. I know. I know. I'm just saying. He's. I think. I just think that Traylon Brooks is going to be given a lot. That's what I'm just trying to say. I think he has the potential upside for it. I don't think it's going to happen, but I like drafting him with the potential upside. Um, Same with London, 24. Love it. I think that he is a stud. He is my wide receiver one from this class, and I think he's gonna. He doesn't have that much target competition. It's just Kyle Pitts and him. Right, but even so, the uh, rookies like they don't hit top twenty four a lot, even without target competition. I'm like, okay, you want to hear over the, last, over the last ten years, rookies who have been um, wide receiver two or better in points per game. Uh, it's AJ Green, Julio Jones, Keenan Allen. Brandon Cooks, Calvin Benjamin, Mike Evans, Odell Beckham Jr., Tyree Kill, Michael Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster, Brandon Ayuk, Justin Jefferson, Jalen Waddle, and Jamar Chase. That's yeah, but only notice a couple how a lot, times. Notice how a lot of those years. are more recent, though. No, there's been four players in the last two years. The major, the class yeah, exactly. of the most. So two a year. Two, listen, 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 hear me out. The players, two a the, year. The, two the, a year. The year with the most players on the list is 2014. It's extru- okay. There's a lot of noise in this. The last it's two fine. classes have been good, but before this that, there wasn't. 2018, 2019, there were no players in the top 24. 2015, there were none. 2012, there were none. 2014, had four players to do so. That's the, the last two years, we've seen super like better. Years. Just the last this year, I have Drake London and Traylon Burks in top 24. So that's two. There you go. Trend continues. Okay. Like, I understand your argument, but that's just my counter-argument. It's like, we've seen an increased usage rate over the last couple of years, in my opinion, for these rookie wide receivers. They've been good. They've been good classes, and I think we have another good class here. I think London, Wilson, Burks, Alave. You can be good if you not produce. Like like a uh, Amara St. Brown, 
like Elijah Moore, like Devonta Smith. None of them were top 24. Devonta Smith wasn't even top 36. Dude, I would honestly, like, I understand, but also, like, on the full year, but, like, I would also consider, I, like, in my heart, I consider Monra a top 24 wide receiver from last year because he, he was, was a points, demon total to finish the season. That is true, that rookies tend to get better as the season goes on. Exactly. And that's another thing that I like about them, too. Off the waiver wire are really useful. The rookies that you draft top 24 who don't finish top 24 but have valuable weeks towards the end of the season aren't as valuable. Well, I don't think these guys are getting drafted top 24. Like, what's Burks' ADP? I don't know. Check. But you're ranking them top 24. Sorry. I am. Burks is 21 for me. London is 24. He's 36. uh, Burks is. And then London is 33. Yeah, that's amazing. Like, I love that value because – that upside there is crazy. Like I would bet my house that Traylon Burks finishes up, up inside the top thirty. What is he? Thirty six. Really? I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. There's a wide band of outcomes. Like every single rookie, regardless of what you think of him as a prospect, has the potential to have like five points per game as a rookie. Like in the key here. I I understand. I understand. But I think the situation and the opportunity for Traylon Burks is immense. Floor doesn't matter. But these players also really don't have a ceiling because they're only four guys over the last uh, 10 years to be wide receiver ones. I'm just saying. I don't know. It's just me. I, I understand why you don't agree. But for me, I, I love the upside. It worked out for me really well last year with Jamar. I know it's not going to every year, but I'm going to continue the mindset of rookie upside. It, and I yeah, like it. Jamar. Like, you said Devonta Smith, like you love drafting him. But I, I think yeah. off the top of my head, he finished lower than his ADP. He might have, but he didn't. He didn't kill me, and um, you know, I don't know. I just, I just think that the upside outweighs the the risk there. Uh, okay, what else do I have for wide receiver bus? Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson. All right. Oh yeah, tight ends. We're on tight ends. Uh, yeah. Up first here we have T.J. Hawkinson from the Detroit Lions. I think he's a really good player. I do. I just don't think. I think the target situation in Detroit this year is really murky. How that's gonna you know really shake out as a whole on the season with. Jamison Williams, Monarch St. Brown, uh, TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift. Like, there's obviously targets to go around in that offense. Sorry, about my mic's got messed up. <laughs> uh, anyway, I just I just don't know what's gonna happen with that team this year. I think that there's a lot of uncertainty with what their production's gonna look like from a fantasy football perspective, and I don't love hawkinson this year because he feels a little eh. yeah if you're drafting tj hawkinson you're drafting mid I, I think he's a good player but i honestly don't see him scoring that many points above replacement like replacement tight end production is so easy to find that if you're drafting tj hawkinson in round six or seven i, I don't think you're getting a significant uh production compared to say evan ingram who's pretty much going undrafted or like Noah Fant who's going what round is Fant going like 14 or 15. Dude, Fant, Fant going so late is crazy to me. I know people are drafting Tyler Higby ahead of Noah Fant as if we haven't seen Tyler Higby be consistently mid for like five seasons. Hey remember when Albert O was the top 12 dynasty tight end? That was cool. Uh, yeah I like Albert O kind of like he's okay. I Adaiko's ADP for dynasty had him tied in 20. I'm like what the hell are we doing here? Like it's not like he's a bad player. It's just that he's uncertain. But to yeah. take someone like Tyler Higby ahead of him is ridiculous because, like I said, Tyler Higby is consistently mid. Would you rather have Tyler Higby, who was never producing his career outside of a few weeks three years ago, or Albert O, who's good on a per-route basis? We don't know if it's going to translate to when he's a full-time tight end, but the team just traded away their starting tight end to make him the starter. And he's... Really huh? I said, did they though? Because they just drafted Dolchitz, who's a really good receiving tight end. They are both are, yes. That's true. Yeah, I like that's the reason I don't like him very much because they just invested really high capital in a good receiving tight end. It's like, no, why should their capital isn't that high? I think it has like a 20% hit rate. I know, but Alvaro was a fourth round pick, is what I'm trying to say. So, like, the team. But Alvaro has been on the, we've seen him in the NFL, and he was good on a per route basis for two years in a row. He is. Not I'm not a player. I'm just saying, I don't think teams that invest. So. As far as fourth round tight ends go, Alberto has been a very good one. Yeah, like just looking at base rates for um, fourth round tight ends, you're uh, you should increase your his chance of hitting based on one athleticism and two NFL production. Uh, Dolchich, he is interesting. He has some good aspects to him, 
but the third round um, draft capital hit base hit rate is like twenty percent. Yeah. All right, let's wrap up. Final thoughts. Why is he a bust? Go. Because he's like an eighty percent route participation, and he can barely earn targets. Honestly. W. He's he's Robert. He, he runs like he's like um the tight end version of Van Jefferson, where they let him run a ton of routes in a really efficient offense. So sometimes he catches touchdowns, but he's not good at anything else besides catching touchdowns. Yeah, I think he was like in the twenties or like mid twenties or maybe in low twenties in PFF receiving grade. It's hilarious. He's not. Wow. That is rough. Uh, yeah. There's not a lot of good receiving tight ends among the. Uh, so in the NFL, there's not a lot of good receiving tight ends, and Dawson Knox is one of them. Yeah. One of the bad ones, I'm saying. It's not great at all. <laughs> he just got right. So like the floor is so low because he's like he could be Tunyon, and we've seen him like he's, I mean he's not like known known because you can't know everything, but we we saw him last year. It's not like we're saying oh he was he did this with all his touchdowns. Like he's not like a Gabriel Davis. Like he did this on a per route basis. Imagine if his routes go up. No, we saw him last year with 80% of the routes, and he barely did anything, and he only finished top 12 because of touchdowns. So I'm not drafting um, Dawson Knox. Like, uh, His ADP is – damn, what the fuck's wrong with his ADP? It's like tight end nine. Even people are smart enough to fade Robert Tanya last year, but people aren't fading Dawson Knox at all. Interesting. I think it's just because Josh Allen Allen go Burr. What? The Josh Allen go Burr. (laughs) Would you rather have – Dawson Knox or Zach Ertz? Ertz. Me too. Dawson yeah. Knox or Rob Gronkowski? Rob. Me too. Look at us. We're, we're so handsome and smart, dude. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're nearing an hour here. Akash has to go get dinner with his girlfriend. That's not real. So That's so true. All right. Love you guys. We'll be back again for our second episode of The Return on Thursday. New episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Get into the routine. Love you guys. See you next time. Goodbye.